Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Good morning, Bucknutters. It is Thursday, March 24th, 2022. I am Dan Rubin. This is the Bucknuts Morning 5 and Change. Those of you joining us live on YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook can see the handsome faces of Bill Curlick and Mark Porter. We are live. If you have any questions for two of the best in the recruiting game, this is your chance for the immediate hookup right here. We will field your questions as we go. You can comment right in there, and I can handle them right from here. However, we will take it off the top with some general recruiting chatter. Both of our guys were on the road this past weekend, thankfully not too far away. At an Under Armour camp where the focus ended up being some offensive linemen that we're going to talk about. Bill, bring us up to speed on what the camp was, who the stars were, and who we need to talk about. Well, for me, it wasn't too far away. Mark, on the other hand, I think he had to get up at 5 a.m. Or, or, or whatever to, to drive from the Youngstown area down to the southern, the outskirts of uh, Columbus. But um, in any event, uh, that's one drive I don't mind too much, the drive to Obets. Uh, not bad for me. But but as far as the camp goes, you know, at a, at a group of prospects, group of players there that uh, uh, are some of them are Ohio State takes. I mean, you got a guy like Malik Hartford, even though he didn't work out, he's recovering from shoulder surgery. He was there at camp. Uh, He was with a bunch of teammates uh, from Westchester, Lakota West. Uh, He was kind of supporting them and all, but uh, Malik Hartford, certainly Uh, Austin Cerevel, offensive lineman from Lakota West High School. Uh, I'm sorry from Lakota East High School, uh, and a kid that um, maybe didn't get as much attention as should have, Ryan Pelham, wide receiver from California. Kid was tremendous. Uh, He has an Ohio State scholarship offer. He visited Ohio State uh, the day before the camp. It went extremely well. I had an article about that on our site, and that kid was really, really good. He showed why he's one of the top wide receivers in the country for the class of 2024. Uh, so those were some of the big names going into the camp. Ben Roebuck, an offensive lineman, and Mark uh, did some stuff on both Roebuck and Cerevelt yesterday. Uh, he was there. So those are some of the top names that were at the camp. We must say hello to Sue Zabo, who's becoming our number one devotee, and we appreciate that. Mark, your vibe. Yeah, uh, just like Bill, I was there to see the Ohio State future prospects and then peel back the onion a little bit and see what was underneath there. Uh, Let's go to quarterbacks. Ryan Montgomery was there, and for 2025, he's the show. 
until you take a look at Timothy Carpenter from Trotwood Madison. Uh, doing a video on those guys today, and Carpenter is an impressive athlete. I, I wouldn't say that uh, Ryan Montgomery has the number one quarterback thing locked down for the next couple of years. Uh, dare I say that Timothy Carpenter could be a Terrell Pryor type clone in the future if he keeps getting bigger? I mean, he, he's a, he's obviously one of the larger kids out there, and he's a freshman, great athlete. Uh, some of the other young quarterbacks I got to see, the quarterback from Maslin, a young quarterback from Wayne. Uh, we're going to get into all these guys. Uh, Landon O'Connell from Pickerington North is a 2025, won the MVP with accuracy. Uh, so, you know, let's just not talk about Ryan Montgomery. Let's get into all these guys, and, of course, I'll break them all down for you. And that offensive line group Bill talked about was really deep. Uh, I thought uh, Dominic Rivera from North Olmstead Falls looked really good. He fit in with the other big-time guys. He's 6'7", 280 pounds. And when they were going through drills, if you didn't have your sheet in front of you, you thought he was Austin Sierra Valen or Ben Roebuck or something. Uh, some of the other guys, the Armstrong twins up at St. Ed's, a lot of buzz about them. What athletes they are. I mean, they're a little bit light at 240, 250 pounds, but they're probably the best two uh, athletic linemen there. Uh, Jordan Hall out of Kip, no one's seen him yet. He's 6'7", 300 and some pounds. Uh, that's a school in Columbus that you know has a lot of prospects. Uh, a lot of good-looking guys there. Uh, I, I think uh, Under Armour does an excellent job of getting all the talent in one spot. They put them through a very thorough evaluation, and then, you know, they rep them out with the one-on-ones. And, by the way, speaking, Mark mentioned Ryan Montgomery. I will have an um, interview with him on our site later today. And, um, you know, he, every time I see that kid, I first saw him the first game of this past season, and they had a senior quarterback – coming back, returning, and uh, Ryan did not even get in the game, um, but I talked to him afterwards, and physically to see the difference between him then and now, you know, he's up to six foot four, about 180 pounds, just a freshman, and he really looks solid, you know, what he's going to look like as a senior, my goodness, you know, tremendous talent, but physically, he's, he's already pretty much there. Well, my son's high school team has played against Tim Carpenter in basketball. And I know he's a football prospect, but he is one of those guys who you can just tell has the it factor. He played, if I remember this correctly, last year, his high school team had such bad injuries that in the playoffs, he was the JV point guard. They called him up and he played center for the varsity team and was the best player on the floor. He's a high IQ kid. You can tell he's one of those guys who somehow gets every offensive rebound and has a ton of layups and just the game comes to him very naturally. He's a big time quarterback prospect um, and he can yeah. throw the ball. You know, he has that size, like you said, for Terrell Pryor, but thankfully he doesn't throw the ball, throw the ball like a shot put like uh, TP did. So I think his upside in terms of a pass. I'd begrudgingly, I'd begrudgingly use that comparison, but it's Just dangerous. Yeah, like, you know, Ryan Montgomery's, like Bill saying, boy, has he come along in a year. Yeah. Whether it's the quarterback training you see him doing online now or how he progressed through the season and took on that role. But there's other guys out there that aren't going to roll over and die just because we named Ryan Montgomery the leader right now. No and it's an athlete like that. Uh, and then you, you take style into consideration of the offense. Uh, do you want a running quarterback or do you want a drop back? Uh, Ryan Montgomery's a great athlete, but – Carpenter's on a different level of athletic ability, similar to a Terrell Pryor. Uh, you know, I hate to use that term over and over, you know, Terrell Pryor, but even a Cardell Jones, that type of size, a better athlete. But Carpenter has a million directions he could go, including basketball.
And by the way, talking about athletes, uh, young athletes, uh, and I think Mark would probably say the same thing. Darian Brew from Clayton Northmont, wide receiver athlete, just a 2025 kid. He was there. Keep that name in mind. He is a an Ohio State type talent. Yeah, and Jalen Slaughter, the quarterback at Maslin, I didn't say his name earlier, but boy, as guys like us, as you look ahead, it was fun to peek ahead of the future and, and see these kids all line up in the same thing. And the Bucknuts are going to get a look uh, at them on video when I send it out later today. Great. Bill, we want everyone to ask questions, and there's one on the screen here. Will Tavion Galley receive a scholarship offer? Let us know who that is and what you think. Galloway is a 2024 tight end from Chillicothe. He worked out on Sunday, and he's got about 15 scholarship offers already. Um, I, I did a story, actually did a video interview with him on Bucknuts yesterday, and he's put himself in the running. He visited Ohio State on Tuesday. The visit went very well. He spoke with Kevin Wilson, the tight ends offensive coordinator, tight ends coach, and uh, spoke with Tony Alford, Ryan Day, and, and everything went well. They indicated to him that he just needs to really keep developing and keep building his relationship with the staff and that he has a good chance to get an offer. He's not yeah. the only tight end that was in town though. Recently I saw Ohio state had the number one guy in the class along with a teammate, bring us up to speed again. I, I feel like one out of every three recruits that visits any schools from Georgia. Yeah. Landon, Landon Thomas is the tight end you're talking about. 2024 kid, number one tight end in that class. He and Nye Carr, a wide receiver at the same school in Georgia, uh, also 2024 kid. Nye Carr got an offer from Ohio State on his visit yesterday. Uh, Landon Thomas had been offered an Ohio State scholarship in January. Obviously, um, they're going to be tough to pull out of Georgia. Georgia has offered them scholarship, and um, I think Georgia is the leader right now for Thomas. But the fact that they, on their own dime, Came up to Ohio State in the middle of the week and made a visit. It gives Ohio State at least a chance. For those of you on the pod, we're going to take a quick break. For those of you watching live, you get the overload of handsomeness without a break. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Uh, and, we're, and we're back. Go ahead, Mark. Yeah, and if we want to back up to Tavion Galloway again, I saw him when he played for Unoto as a saw or this last season, and he's a transfer to Chillicothe right now. Uh, and you look at the other tight ends that Ohio State's bringing in nationally; they're much heavier than Galloway. I think in the season he's playing around 200, 210 pounds. He's getting a little thicker than that now, so he's a little light in the butt right now compared to the other tight ends. And he's played for a small school against small competition, so. You know, I don't think Ohio State needs the fire or an offer off to him yet. Like you said, he needs to develop the relationship, get in the weight room, keep developing. And I think he has work to do in the classroom before, you know, Ohio State will be ready to take him either. So there's a few reasons, but he's definitely flashed on film. I wouldn't say he's been the complete package on film yet. Uh, he's flashed in camps. I've watched him do some reps, and he had some very nice reps. But there are other reps where you see the rawness and you see the development that he needs to have. Not that he won't uh, make that development happen, but – 
being a, an Ohio guy, I definitely wanted to check him out and see if the LSU offer was going to be something that uh, Ohio State's going to have to compete against. But Galloway has some developing to do. Bill, who set the tight end board? Set the tight end board for us right now. If you had to name three or four guys, because it feel I feel like there's been a lot of tight end names out there. Set the board right now. Well, they have a commitment for the 2023 class we're talking about here from Ty Lockwood, who I really like a lot. He's tight end from Tennessee that Kevin Wilson landed early, and he's a good one. I mean, he he catches the ball uh, sometimes, you know, looks like a wide receiver out there, and sometimes he does split out, by the way. Uh, So that's a great start. Um, You know, we'll see if they take two tight ends. They're looking at taking two tight ends, but it's not a done deal. Um, The guy that I would put at the top of the list, as far as uh, somebody that I would probably want in the class, if I took a second tight end, would be Walker Lyons. He's from California. He is one of the country's elite tight ends. He is absolutely interested. His teammate, Rico Flores, a wide receiver who Ohio State has also offered, he set a visit uh, with Ohio State yesterday for April. And I got a feeling Walker Lyons is going to be with him. So we'll see how that goes. Bill, as you see on the screen, we are legally obligated to ask this question <laughs> once uh, once a dean appearance from the Buckeye guy. Who will be the next person to commit to Ohio State? And I think he means prospect, not just regular student. <laughs> yeah, I, I'll, I'll go with the prospect end of that rather than a regular student. Um, you know, that that's always really hard to say. Right now, no one that Ohio State would take right this minute has told me they are on the verge in the next few days, week or whatever, committing, but you never know. And, I, and I'm going to go with a name that was at the Under Armour camp on Sunday. Uh, that would be Malik Hartford. Now, the reason I'm going with him is that uh, originally he had been telling me that he was going to narrow his list down to seven schools which he did, High State being one of them. Then he was going to name a final two or three, then take a couple official visits, and then make his college announcement, college choice sometime during the summer. Um, he's changed that, though. He's moved things up. Uh, he has now uh, kind of um, gotten rid of the naming of seven schools. He's not going to do that. He's just going to make a decision. And he told me that he will uh, make that decision anytime from – April to probably early June. So he's moved things up. You know, might he move things up again? Who knows? He just moved them up one time and he moved them up significantly. He could make announcement as soon as late April. So maybe he moves it up again and maybe he announces in middle middle or early April. We'll see. But I'll go with Hartford as maybe moving things up one more time and announcing sooner rather than later. And we know when you go west in Ohio, once you pass Middletown, things get a little sketchy in terms of Ohio State devotion. So that's definitely one to keep an eye on. Let's stick with the tight ends here. Spider Sillery, another fantastic, fantastic online viewer. Will the tight ends want to come? Will they see how much they don't use the tight end for receiving much? Do you think they will use GSOT differently than they had been since he was a receiver? You know, tight ends, one of those positions that has a very loose definition these days. There's the guy who's, you know, a, a few pounds away from being a tackle. And then there's the guy who's, a couple pounds heavier than a wide receiver, and they all kind of fall into one bucket, as it were. And, you know, G. G Scott would be your receiving side, and then they've had some of the bigger guys kind of bang in there. What's your impression, Mark, of how they're used 
and then how they should be attracting guys in there. Do you think like Jeremy Ruckert came in here as the number one tight end? You know, he's going to be what hopefully a third round draft pick. But the question is, and he wasn't used as much in the offense. It's the kind of the age old Dave Biddle. Will he get 30 receptions a year uh, issue? You know, they had two first round receivers on the outside pulling a lot of ball quarterback. Okay. So how many teams in America can say that? And how do you deny those guys the ball? Uh, the Ohio State offense does use the tight end in the passing game. And, you know, scouts like me can see that Ruckert is a heck of a receiver and don't need him to catch 60 or 90 balls to draft him and say, okay, when we project him out the next level. Uh, I know that a lot of people in the kids especially want the stats to prove their ability, but Ruckert, we all know how good he is. Uh, the Ohio State team will, will use a tight end like G. Scott, like you're saying, the undersized receiver, the motion guy. And that's the matchup guy. They haven't really had a guy like that. Rossi, the fullback, wasn't like that. The tight ends they had weren't as fast and receiver-like. So it's going to be a new role, and he could be the model for recruiting receiver-type tight ends. But if you watch the Ohio State offense, the NFL wants blocking tight ends, and that's what Ohio State breeds. Okay? I know the, there's Tony or uh, Travis Kelsey and some of these flashy receiving tight ends in the NFL, but there are a majority of the tight ends in the mm-hmm. NFL making a living blocking uh, 300 pound defensive ends. Cause if you can't block those guys in the NFL, your, your running game's over. So the flash is in the passing game, but winning football games might be with the bigger 250, 260 pound tight ends that catch 30 to 40 balls a year. Uh, does that attract that type of tight end? Or does that, would you even want that type of tight end if it's not going to help you win unless your offense is spread out for that? So this is a bigger debate about getting a kid here who wants to catch the ball or getting a kid here who fits the zone offense that Ohio State runs. No question. And it's going to be a challenge again this year because they are not going to be short on talent at wide receiver or running back. And every time you throw it to the tight end, you're not giving it to them. So that's key. This guy's name has come up here from Sue Zabo and Bucknuts88. So let's ask. Uh, Sue Zabo wanted to know when. And others want to know, how is OSU standing with Richard Young, Bill? Some believe he's the top running back in the country. His offer list looks like a who's who of college football. Can you give us the lowdown on a Mr. Richard Young? Yeah, he, um, he's a high State guy as far as, you know, targeting running backs. You know, they've got three great ones out there that, um, you know, are, are realistic possibilities. Um he being one of them, he's the, the number one guy on my list. The others being Justice Haynes from Georgia, um, who has a highest state high on his list, although I still think Georgia's going to be tough to beat there. And then the third one is Cedric Baxter from Florida. Um, Richard Young, though, you know, I've said all along, and I still think it's going to come down to one of three schools, Ohio State, Georgia, or Alabama. Now, if Justice Haynes goes to Georgia, will Richard Young also go there? I don't think he's going to be a afraid of competition, afraid to do that. I just don't think he likely will. I still like Ohio State's chances over Georgia and Alabama, but it's going to be a battle. And he, he you know, he is still very much uh, uh, up in the air. But if I had to predict right now, as I do in the feature, I'd probably go with Ohio State at this point for Richard Young. Yeah, Justice Haynes would be a major upset to go away from Georgia. His father, Veron Haynes played for the Steelers and also played running back for Georgia. And they live in the state. 
You've seen all these guys, Mark. Who do you like best? I was just going to raise my hand and say, give me Cedric Baxter. <laughs> I mean, give me the faster Trey Sermon. Give me the faster Carlos Hyde. Uh, he's the big back with all the speed. In fact, he almost looks too good to be true at his weight. Uh, he had uh, four or five minutes where no one touched him on film. He's literally blowing down film, but he's the three down back. Uh, I know uh, Trayvon Henderson's a different type of three down back, but this is your bigger uh, pro style three down back that goes in the NFL and bangs between the tackles and gets outside and catches some balls. But, you know, I, in big 10 territory and cold weather, uh, we've always liked the bigger backs and not that, you know, these fast speedy guys don't work, but it gets cold. And, you know, I, I think, Every you know, the Steelers, the Browns, Bengals, they've shown you what works up in this uh, part of the, the area. So Cedric Baxter, yeah, I, I really was a big fan of his film. March 31st, Cedric Baxter will be visiting Ohio State March 31st. Bill, do you think the fact that Travion Henderson has been relatively public about how he's benefited from the uh, name, image, and likeness will help with running back recruiting? Uh, yeah, I you know <laughs> that that's such a big deal now. The the NIL, I you know I I think obviously you know it, it's got to be a, a good thing for the Buckeyes, yeah. And Travion's one who's taken serious advantage of it. Bucknuts eighty eight, a little more on Cedric Baxter. Where do you think we figure on Baxter's list? You listed Richard Young's uh, suitors who are relatively good at football. How about Baxter? Well, I think, you know, we'll see after this visit. I think that'll be key. He's coming up here to Columbus, like I said, at the end of the month. And, and I think we'll have a much better feel. But obviously, High State has got a shot. You know, he, he's making this trip. It's a long trip from Florida. He's doing it on his own dime. And, and the fact that he's doing it gives the High State a chance. Yeah, as Mark said, you want to look on our site for the Cedric Baxter uh, breakdown. It is one of those films that'll get you out of your chair a couple of times. All right. Football question from Michael LeCrone. We'll give this to you, Mark. Let's, let's see your Buckeye current Buckeye chops. Do you think Ohio state can have a top 10 defense by the end of the year? This just in, they did not have a top 10 defense last year. You know what? Yeah. They, they brought in Knowles to exactly do that. Now, Rating in the top 10 of all these teams is kind of fluky. You know, there's 100 and some teams you're trying to get in, but that doesn't necessarily mean you have a good defense. But expect this defense to flip-flop, okay? And and what I thought, and I think I said this before, is I think Ohio State fell in love with a vanilla defense because it let them line up and play football against normal Big Ten teams and beat the snot out. And a couple games a year when they saw equal or better talent, they didn't scheme up those teams the way a Knowles does. I think Knowles came from places where he had lesser talent, and when you have lesser talent, you really learn how to coach your butt off. You learn how to cover up holes. You learn how to hide things. And if you bring that mentality to Ohio State where you don't need that mentality yep. and you have all the rabbits up your sleeve and the tricks and, and the, the funny looks. and the I mean, Ohio State line up in a base 4-3 with linebackers standing seven yards off the ball like you drove up on the board. I think with this Knowles defense, you're going to have guys standing in places where no one's ever stood before on a football field, and it's going to be harder for teams to decipher, and it's going to give the – the better athletes an advantage for the first time instead of making them play out of their vanilla base defenses. And, you know, it, I, I, so how far is top 10 realistic top 10, you got to have some things go your way and have some opponents that can't get out of their own way to help you out with some stuff like that, but expect a flip upside down and improvement. That's a great point on Knowles too, because you're talking about a guy that's been talked about as kind of like a creative genius who's been in football for a long time and right now has more talent at his disposal than he's ever had. So he's got to be like a kid in a candy store. 
kind of a renewal later on in your career of like little things you used to have to worry about that now your guys just zoom through. So more power to them. And I, I mean, it could absolutely take off. Uh, I've talked to other defensive coordinators. Sometimes they'll say, you know, like I have seven I like, or I have eight I like, meaning there's three or four spots on their defense they don't like, and they're covering up for with the scheme. And like you're saying, he knew how to do that stuff. He knew how to put a Band-Aid on a soft defensive end or a weak corner or a guy that couldn't run. He doesn't have those problems. He doesn't have to put Band-Aids. Now he can, you know, use these schemes that are different and, you know, different alignments. And it's not vanilla. You know, it, when I have to break these things down next week, I'm going to be seeing linebackers in different places and safeties up in the box. And it's going to take some breaking down, and it, it's going to put other coaching staffs in the war room looking at film longer and trying to figure out what they're going to do this week and how to attack him. So the defenses that have to see or the offenses that have to see him have their work cut out for him. Another great point that the first time they play Ohio State now, it's kind of like the pitcher's first time through the rotation. You're going to have to learn the new scheme. So that's an advantage for Ohio State to start. Bill, Glenn Dinkins asks you the loaded question of loaded questions. Troy Bowles or Tackett Curtis – I will vote for option three, which is both, but uh, you make the call. Both. Absolutely. I was going to say the same thing. Um, You know, those guys, wherever they go, they're going to be fun to watch in college. Um, If they, during the summer, Troy Bowles was at Ohio state at camp and they absolutely loved him. Um, now, more recently, you know, Jim Knowles has been recruiting Tackett Curtis. They absolutely love him. Um, you know, they're, they're, abs- they're difference makers. They're special. Um, you know, if you get one of them, you're just as happy as can be. If somehow you could pull the upset and get both of them, and, uh, you know, you've got a grand slam of all time almost in linebacker recruiting. Um, you know, if I'm just watching the two of them, Fun quotient-wise, uh, I'd probably go with Tackett Curtis because he's just fun to watch him blow guys up. Yeah. Um, I was sent a video of a practice clip of Tackett Curtis, and he literally knocks the helmet off of the quarterback carrying the ball, and you see kind of, you see the helmet rolling away in the dirt, so to speak, and I'm thinking – this kid is never going to run the ball again in practice. He's not going to want to do that again. It's just Curtis is fun to watch. No red jersey for that quarterback in practice, apparently. Mark, you've seen them both. Yeah, you know what? I, I'm going to be the GM and say I'm taking the safer of the two bowls. Um, I think there's risk with Tacker Curtis. Uh, the position he plays doesn't exist in college football. A guy lined up 10 yards off the ball, blitzing every play with no pass responsibilities, not accounted for in a scheme, running downhill with no one blocking him. Let me know when that position exists in college football, and I'll take Tackett Curtis. Okay, okay. Bowles is much more athletic, much more diversified. Uh, I haven't seen Tackett Curtis line as a linebacker and play linebacker yet and take on a blocker. He's a gimmicky safety standing back there. So if you ask me, give me Bowles. I like the flashy highlight film. I like Tackett Curtis. He'll be fine. But the question is either or. I'm going to have – I'm taking my first-round draft pick, and I'm going to sleep at night. I'm not going to wonder if a kid come in and duplicate something that's gimmicky in high school at the college level. Let let me go with a counterpoint on that, Mark. Um, Ohio State has seen Tackett Curtis. They've they've not just seen the 
um, highlight the huddle film and all. They've seen game film and all, and they have told him, they have told uh, the coaching staff there, he checks off every single box. And they're talking about dropping into coverage, playing as a middle linebacker, playing as a will linebacker, doing everything they want to see. They've told him, you check off every box, and we want you badly, and Knowles is all over him. Um, I know someone has brought up, well, you know, what would he look like, as you said, Mark, uh, in a traditional uh, linebacker position, high State is 100%, 1,000% sold that he checks off every single box. So you use your first-round draft pick on him, and I'll use my first-round draft pick on the other guy. If we got two first-round draft picks, we could take post, but the question was either or. Here's my here's my thing on Bulls. Uh, if you like a good conspiracy theory, I saw a picture on Twitter. His older brother, I believe, plays defensive back at Rutgers. And he is at Disney World with the Honey Badger and his family. And I think Bulls may be related to the Honey Badger's wife. Regardless, if you zoom in on the picture, he has an uh, uh, Bulls has Todd. That's not good. His he has on an Alabama little wristband. So if you want to be a conspiracy theorist, go into that. Also, I don't know if you guys know, there's a new drinking game out. I've been told the kids are playing. When I call Denzel Burke, Denzel Ward, the kids have to drink. So they've been getting pretty hammered lately, and I just did that with Todd Bowles and his son Troy there. I apologize. All right, Bill, you see the question on there from Bucknuts88. How about Kyler Casper? Well, he's a talented kid. Um you know, he's a kid that Ohio State likes and is recruiting and all that. Um, it's kind of hard for me to say right now, you know, is, uh, is Casper someone that is likely to end up at Ohio State? You know, I, I don't I wouldn't say that right now, but but, you know, certainly he's somebody that uh, that Ohio State likes and is interested in. And we'll kind of see where that goes from here. I don't think that he as far as I know uh doesn't have a visit set with Ohio State for this spring. Um, and by the way, if you're not familiar with uh, Kyler Casper, he's a wide receiver. He's a class of 2023 kid um, that uh, is out of Gilbert, Arizona. Um, and Ohio State certainly has had success recruiting in the state of Arizona. So you know, we'll see what happens there. We will finish with our number one gal, Sue Zabo. And um, Mark, you can take the Ohio side and Bill, the national side. Defensive end recruiting. Where are we at right now? You you want to go first, Mark, or do you you want me to go first? Yeah, I was, I was going to say Hoffer is probably where you're going to go first, but in state. AJ Hoffer. Yep. Yeah. 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 Well, obviously, that video will be out, and he's like I said, a, a Jadavian Clowney type. Georgia defense. native. Yes. There you go. Uh, in Ohio, the Burns kid out of Gahanna is getting some interest. The Kilbane out of St. Edwards is the hybrid defensive end who really is probably the best football player on the edge right now. Uh, so the long bodies in Ohio, uh, Elias Rudolph down at uh, Taft is another long body on the edge. Uh, Arvell Reese, uh, he's a linebacker right now. He's about 215 pounds, but he's 6'5", and we saw Sam Hubbard and a lot of these other guys come in at that same height weight. You need like a Josh Perry. There's uh, Zach Harrison from uh, Walnut Ridge down there. These are the, the other quarterback they took that was 6'5", 215. Arvell Reese fits like that. He could be one of the defensive ends in Ohio. So those are some of the guys you're looking at. I know Ohio State with the new defense, 
can take that hybrid end, the three-four type of end, and use that on one side of the defense. So an Arvell Reese, who's a linebacker type, could be called a defensive end outside linebacker in college. Uh, this new defense is going to not bring in that traditional three-four defensive end every year that we're used to, and you're going to see a variety of pass rushing types, I think, on the edge. Bill, the other 49 states? <laughs> well, yeah, Mark, Mark mentioned um, the, the kids in Ohio, and he also mentioned, uh, or you or he mentioned, A.J. Hoffler, who is visiting Ohio State again coming up here. Uh, great player. I know Mark's done an evaluation on him and uh, had some not, pretty much nothing but great things to say about Hoffler. And Ohio State uh, is very much in the running there. A um, couple other names I want to throw out there, though. Uh, Keon Keeley from – uh, Florida visited Ohio State this past week, and he's a Notre Dame commitment right now, but a great player, five-star player. I don't know. You know, I wouldn't predict a flip right now, but I wouldn't rule it out. You know, they, we'll see what happens. He seems pretty happy with his Notre Dame commitment, but his, his visit, from what I was told, went well with Ohio State this past week. So we'll see. The other kid is a kid out of Florida as well, out of Venice, Florida, Damon Wilson. Really talented kid. Uh, someone that is interested in Ohio State, that's that's another name to keep an eye on. That was quite a show. We went over 30 minutes, and our goal here is to take as many questions from you guys as we can. John Childs, we will get to you, and VB, we will get to you next week. We appreciate everybody stopping by. Have a good one, Bucknutters.